the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Wednesday, December 27th, 2023, from the 960 Patriot Broadcast Studio, brought to you by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals. I am Seth Leibson. We have Mr. Bill to my right. We have David Dahl in front of me and Terry backing him up. I was reading this morning that businesses in California will soon be fined for not having gender-neutral toy sections. Stores that sell childcare items or toys will be faced to pay a $500 fine should the store fail to create a gender-neutral toy section for kids 12 years old and under. Adam Carolla put it the other day that if you want to know what will be happening in California, just look a few years back to what is being done in Canada. As Canada goes in the direction of crazy, California follows. And large parts of the United States flirt with and slowly absorb what emanates from California centrifugally. In Re the California legislation, California Democrat lawmaker Evan Lowe, the author of the legislation, said after it passed, quote, We need to stop stigmatizing what's acceptable for certain genders and just let kids be kids, close quote. Just let kids be kids. Interesting line, that. An exquisitely simple message that has been rendered entirely nugatory by the very actions of those who utter it. We are, with such meddling, in fact, foisting adult views on kids. Adult views, I might add, that are highly controversial, if not suspect, and not letting kids just be kids. This put me to thinking about how history will look back at this year, 2023. There's a lot to say about it politically, culturally, and through nearly every other lens historians use. I'd like to put in a word for how our year and the times we live in are using and abusing children. One cannot find a major newspaper or magazine that didn't at least once publish an article or essay on the children's mental health crisis in this country this year. One recent story pointed out, quote, an unprecedented level of hopelessness and suicidal thoughts among the nation's youth. The bulk of these children are coming in with depression, anxiety, and trauma, close quote. One San Diego hospital, for example, has shown the number of kids seeking psychiatric emergency care in the, in the ER has grown from approximately 30 a month in recent years to 30 a day, with children presenting as young as six years old. Whether we are catastrophizing children or confusing them or both, we are throwing a lot at them. And in doing, I would argue we are culturally, emotionally, and intellectually abusing them. One almost wants to proclaim a major focus from a major organization to constitute something like a year of the child, but then again, one worries what effect that may have. The United Nations, for example, has several times made such proclamations, and yet the United Nations ignores every serious abuse of children one can imagine, including their use by member states 
and self-described liberation organizations to be used as suicide bombers, minesweepers, and human shields for older soldiers and liberationists, also known as terrorists. So we shan't trouble the poor with begging, but I think we should trouble ourselves with understanding a few things. It took about 100 years to understand how to nurture and train children, their brains, their emotions, their healthy growth. As the child psychiatrist Bruno Bettelheim wrote, quote, an understanding of the meaning of life is not suddenly acquired at the age of chronological maturity or at any particular age. This achievement is the result of a long development. Wisdom is built up, small step by small step. Unfortunately, too many parents want their children's minds to function as their own do, as if a child's understanding of himself and the world did not have to develop as slowly as his body does. The child must therefore be helped to bring order into the turmoil of his feelings. He needs a moral education that subtly, by implication only, conveys to him the advantages of moral behavior through that which seems tangibly right and therefore has meaning for him, close quote. We understood this really well not that long ago, at least in the world I and so many of you grew up in, the world when that was written in the late 1960s and early 1970s, we actually cared about children. In the late 1960s, we got Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and Sesame Street, a group called Another Mother for Peace put out a very popular poster you still can see images of on bumper stickers here and there titled War is Not Healthy for Children and Other Living Things. Note, by the way, the group was Another Mother for Peace, not Another Birthing Person for Peace. The next day, uh, excuse me, the next decade saw the advent of the Children Defense Fund and pop culture contributions like Free to Be You and Me put together by the Ms. Foundation for Women of Gloria Steinem and Marlo Thomas fame. That album was an album that went gold and then platinum and then diamond, one of the hundred highest-selling albums of all time. We cared about kids and their health and emotional development. Sure, it was all from a liberal angle, accepting Mr. Rogers, but the point abides. We cared about kids and thought there was something important about them, and by important, we mean different. As Dr. Neil Postman put it, quote, children, it would seem, not only know there is value in being different from adults, but care that the distinction be made. They know, perhaps better than adults, that something terribly important is lost if the distinctions between adult and child are blurred, close quote. But American culture is now hostile to the idea of childhood. Earlier this year, this item from the Arizona Republic. Parents of a transgender girl are suing the state for a law that was signed to prevent transgender students from competing in competitive school sports outside the gender of their birth. The Jane Doe at issue, in this case, the story tells us, was, quote, diagnosed with gender dysphoria at age seven, close quote. Are you kidding me? Age seven. About the age of Scout Finch and to kill a mockingbird. I can only imagine what today's culture would foist upon Scout, given her tomboyish affectations. Age seven. At that age, children in the second grade used to be given 10-minute Jiminy Cricket education cartoons on how to be safe around fire, how to be safe around electricity. I guess we can just fast forward through all that as seven-year-olds may not understand the consequences of fire or electricity or going home with stranger danger but can know the rightness or wrongness of the sex they were born into. And the progressive attitude is the state should be sued 
to further all this. What we are doing and are achieving apace is not only the disposal of common sense, but adults throwing children out of the Garden of Eden of childhood to foist upon them, to use them, as so many tyrannical movements do for the purposes of their adult revolutions. Turning children into the soldiers of this new political science here in America when they simply are not ready or ripe for it, as if the phrase age-appropriate means nothing anymore. It took the march of some time, as I say, to appreciate children were not adults and shouldn't be treated as such. It seems it's taken about half a decade to undo all of that work and advancement. And like taking a fish out of water or forcing a human to try to breathe underwater, flailing and frenzy will ensue. Except not because the gills and lungs are being put through assault, but rather brains. And we are, in the words of Neil Postman, not allowing children to integrate themselves into society without forcing them through trauma. Children and the healthy raising of their emotional and psychic needs require order and consistency and reliability, not chaos and confusion. We all know this when it comes to everything from divorce to parental roles and protection, or did until about five minutes ago. Now they have been put into a vortex, turning and turning a gyre where the falcon cannot hear the falconer, and things are falling apart. The data is now coming in, and yeah, we ought to be following all that science too. Maybe historians will look at 2023 that way someday, or maybe they will just follow the rest of the academy and think this is all normal and not worthy of anything different or interesting, because it is progressive, and history is now, ironically, in the hands of the progressives, a going forward through time as we unlearn all wisdom from the past. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. We are here live, and we will get you through the end of the year, 602-508-0960. If you'd like to weigh in on anything, we have to catch up with young David and his uh, exploits. Young David, I hope you had a Merry Christmas. You were on the road, as I understand it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, well, I, I was uh, I was above the road. I, I flew above the road yes. and made it to Las Vegas, yes. Uh-huh. Saw, saw the family, grandmother's house we go and all that. You know? Yeah, it was a good, uh, good trip. And uh, Christmas presents. You said you got an interesting <laughs> kitchen appliance. I did. I, 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 a friend of the show, Tiffany, yeah. she got me a very interesting kitchen appliance for Christmas. It was uh, Swiss. And a fondue is, set? No. Oh. Well, similar. Very similar. Are you familiar with uh, raclette? No, I'm not. No. It's a common uh, dish it's not. that you have <laughs> it's not. after skiing in the Alps. Oh, oh, okay. It's a certain type of cheese that they make in Switzerland. Okay. And uh, fortunately, you can buy it in certain stores around Phoenix. Yeah. And she's a big fan. Yeah. But she got me a miniature set, and you melt the cheese on these trays and pour it over potatoes, and you have it with prosciutto and little pickled onions and carrots and things like that. And How fun. Yeah. So will we expect to see some of that here, sampled to be sampled by in the, the office? Lineup? No, but maybe I could invite you over to have some. Well, I, I think you should bring it in. I, I can't th- lug around a piece of raclette making. A raclette doesn't machine. sound like a big thing. It sounds like a small thing, like a small wreck. It's a wreck. A small wreck. <laughs> yeah, it's a raclette. It's a type of cheese. It's, it's a small. It's a it's a small it's a small wreck. 
Um, it, that sounds it sounds like a lot of fun. I want to. Um, why why only this time of year do we get certain foods that are good all the time? What do you mean, like tamales? Okay, for some, but things like eggnog and peppermint ice cream. Why? Oh, you like that? eggnog? Yeah, eggnog. Who very doesn't good. like eggnog? It only is available for like a month. A minority of the population does not like eggnog, but I feel like they're a very vocal minority. And they must be peppermint ice cream. Mm. Yes, peppermint twist ice cream. Yes, well, that's only available nowadays, and it's fantastic. And uh, anyway, just that's I suppose why we're keeping the Christmas music. Until what did you news. eat on uh, Christmas Day? I also ate somewhat Swiss. You ate somewhat Swiss. Somewhat, somewhat, somewhat Swiss. A fondue dish. Oh, but not cheese. Not what cheese. Was it fondue. a sweet fondue? A chocolate? No, 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 no. It was uh, uh, meat and vegetables in a in a. Um, like you know, a broth? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in a booyah-based yeah. type thing. Oh, that's very right. cool. Yeah, that's it was very, very cool. It was very cool. Did you do that? I No. No? I would have been really impressed if you did. No. You would have been really impressed. Not that I couldn't. Huh? Not huh? that I couldn't. You'll have to prove yourself one day. Maybe. Yeah? I th- I th- I th- I've, I've thought by now I have proven myself sufficiently. I, I had an interesting... <laughs> have I not proven Christmas. myself sufficiently? Bill, am I still in tryouts around here? <laughs> Probably 13 years of tryouts. Okay, go on. <laughs> uh, my my sister, um, she works at Siege's Palace, and she was able, through an inside insider tip-off, to get us reservations at Hell's Kitchen. Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen. Did you know this? I, well, I know of Hell's Kitchen. I didn't know you went. Yes, I went to Hell's Kitchen. And was yeah. it delicious? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yes, of course. They knew what they were doing. It was amazing. What, did, what yeah. was your main entree? Well, he only has about six things on the menu. So I had the beef wellington, which is probably the most famous thing that he has on the menu. And and um, it is it is it for students, culinary students, or I is believe it, they're winners of his television. They are show. winners of his television show. Yeah, they had pictures on the walls and things like Fantastic. that. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic. Well, good on yeah, you, David. Scallops and yeah, it was delicious. Good on you. Last food item, and you. Uh, um, uh, I'm, I need to say something about your lunch. My lunch today. A little bit. Just want people to know what we're dealing with oh, here. My goodness. Last time I saw him, which was way before the holiday, Friday, antediluvian. Um, you were complaining about the spiciness <laughs> of your frozen Indian dinner. And I made a mistake. It says on the box, fiery. <laughs> yes, I bought the you, fiery. Yeah, and you're complaining about the the Scoville squ- scale. I think it that's how you measure. so hot. Isn't that what you measure heat, taste heat with, the Scoville scale? Yeah, that's, yeah. Yep, yep, I exactly. think it's the Scoville. It said fiery on it. It's like you can't complain about people getting mauled when they're training killer whales. It's in the name. Killer. It's in the name. They tell you what they will do to you. Yeah, but they're not whales. And also true. Yes. They, so it's yes, not the name. Yes, it's a truth and a lie. It's not the name. It's a truth and a lie. You're right. That's a very good point. They are not. You're right. Yeah. Killer dolphins. I think you taught me that. Yeah, I yeah. think I did. <clears throat> so, okay, ditch that. Um, but ironically enough, today for lunch you had... I had a shepherd's pie. An English dish, Joe's. the exact opposite of fiery Italian. No, it's uh, from from colony to homeland. Right, but it's kind of the. I went from it's kind the of subcontinent to the islands. It's kind of the acid to the base, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind definitely. of the most spicy food to the most bland food. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Uh, it's a it's a big swing. I, I apparently I've been having a lot of British food recently though. I went to Gordon Ramsay's, I had the oh, yeah. the pot roast sure. and then on Christmas Day we you had, had a roast. Pot roast. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Nice. So I, I guess I'm in a British mood. Yeah. And what did you send the young girl your soft on through the mails? Oh, we talked about this. It was Remind a me. piece of uh, literature. Yeah. What was it? Because again? her favorite musical is Seven Brides. Oh, Seven yeah, yeah, Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what did I send her but Plutarch? And in return, you got a raclette. No, that's a different. No. Oh, my goodness. Well, you got a raclette. Yes, but okay. that wasn't from Kentucky. I understand. Kentucky women. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't. Okay. This one came from Switzerland. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Switzerland women. All right, 602-508-0960. George Will once put it that um, – how did he say this? Kind of artfully, as he was wont to do. Um, they say history is like the light on a caboose, illuminating that where you are not going. Think about that. The light on a caboose. It's illuminating where you're not going. It's illuminating where you've been for whatever reason. I don't know why you'd need a light on a caboose. I suppose in case someone lost something, I I guess. I don't know. Or themselves over the side. But the light on the caboose is illuminating where you're not going. And I want to spend a little bit of thought on that given my monologue and how we will look back on 2023. And, you know, it's not just 2023. A lot happened this year, but a lot happened the year before, and a lot happened the year before that. And we're going to close out with some interesting stories that tell you a lot about the country and the kind of country we're in and the kind of country direction we're going into by not learning from history. I was watching a really good series on Netflix about World War II. just came out. I can't recommend it highly enough. I hear the music. Let me pick up on all that when we come right back. And again, if you want to weigh in on anything, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. This is not an example of it, but that's another good thing that we don't have year-round Christmas music. Some of it is very good that we wish. I was begging you to keep, for example, The Waitress's Christmas Wrapping. It's a lovely song. And you won't let me do it. (laughs) I would sooner keep The Waitresses than The Spice Girls, I'll tell you that. We have The Spice Girls? No, but you sent me The Spice Girls Christmas Wrapping on Christmas Day. Oh. Yes. I just thought you'd find it interesting. It was interesting, but it made me appreciate the original far better. That's, you, you were, were you around when they were such the rage? No. Huge rage. Uh, Glad they're not anymore. Yeah. Uh, this is interesting. Someone just sent me this. It's totally true. Uh, so I was talking about uh, – in my monologue, I was talking about uh, California finding stores that don't have gender-neutral kids' toy sections – that's actually a headline from today's Fox News. California defines stores that don't have a gender-neutral kids' toy section. The new law will target retailers that sell child care items and toys for children 12 and under. Now, February 28th, 2020, so three almost four years ago, Babylon B headline, satire site. Oh. 
California bill prohibits stores from selling toys that don't actively confuse children's sexuality. You just go, you know, how we sometimes say, if you want to know what's going to be true in about six months, listen to Brandon Weikert today. If you want to know what's going to be true in places like California or Canada or New York City in about two, three or four years, just read the Babylon Bee today. It's incredible the things that are considered satirical. It's a good word. Satire, satire as an etymology is a great etymology. Satirical. satire becomes reality. Yeah, becomes reality. Yeah, yeah. And um, anyway, I was talking about um, the importance of history and the lessons of history and this really, really, really powerful and good and well done um, series just unloaded on Netflix on World War II. I think it's called From the Front Lines or something like that. And it's footage I have never seen, uh, narrations um, that sound fantastic, that are fantastic. Um, and even even really very good footage, uh, as if it was almost done yesterday, of people like the major players that footage I've never seen and really well done, preserved well or retouched well, your Churchills and your Roosevelts and the rest. And um, you can't help but watch some of that stuff and think about the goings-on today, certainly in the world, certainly the attitude of a lot of Americans, too many Americans in the world, whether it's about tyrants like uh, Xi in China or Putin in Russia, or whether it's about the fight in the Middle East, the various fights in the Middle East that are breaking out all over. And then you just, you see a story like the one I'm about to unload on you, which is just, it it makes you, what did Richard Dreyfus say when he was going into the cage, into the water? Remember, he's put in that cage, he says, I don't have any spit. His mouth went dry. He was so nervous, you know. And um, this this will make your mouth go dry. I think it would. The Daily Mail commissioned a poll of uh, American young people, ages uh, 18 to 29, young adults, I suppose you'd call them. And um, 20%, 20% of 18 to 29-year-olds have a positive view of Osama bin Laden. 20%. Um, It was 10% in October when they commissioned a similar poll. It's practically doubled. Even after all the talk, chatter, and condemnation we engaged in when we first learned of that in October, the TikTok and the college students reading the fatwas from Osama bin Laden and feeling as if they were learning intelligent analysis for the first time about world affairs and world history. It's doubled since then. What are we teaching them? What are we teaching them? Well, I want to pick up on that when we come right back. 
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Are we an outlier or is everyone still using Christmas music? I told you everyone was still using Christmas are music. They? The shows before us were, yes. The only ones that aren't are the, uh, you know, adult contemporary stations. <laughs> aren't we an adult contemporary station? We're an adult contemporary talk station. Okay. They're adult contemporary music stations. All right. You know? All right. Yeah. All right. So I, I don't have to be conflicted on this? No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, We're if committed. you say so. We're in it for the 12 days, Did right? you want to weigh in on this? You said on the break you weren't surprised <clears throat> oh, yeah, that sure. the number of young adults who think bin Laden is praiseworthy has doubled since October, and I said to save it for radio. Of course. It doesn't surprise me. I think it's directly related to the conflict in Israel, and more and more people are picking a side, if you will. I think there was probably a great group of undecideds in the middle. Who didn't feel strongly either way, which is probably a failing of the education system in and of itself. But uh, I think there was a great group of undecideds that have been swayed to either pro or anti-Israel. I, I don't think this is really let's all go out and wave flags and celebrate Osama bin Laden. I really think this is a symptom of the Jew hatred that is growing in this country as a response to the October 7th attacks in Israel. I, it's just, it's really sad, but it doesn't surprise me. You know, you saw the, the TikTok trend of people in supporting his letter to America from 2002 that was abhorrent. Uh, it, it just, it doesn't surprise me that the number is growing as more and more people pick a side in this conflict and it's sad we talked about this last week that the number of 18 to 25 year olds i think was near 50 percent that supported hamas was it was i mistaken yeah, yes, yeah no you're right and i'm wondering if one of two things is the problem here maybe both is it that we assumed that people would know right from wrong good from bad just from unjust and didn't need to teach it anymore did we assume that the idea of and the support for America would naturally ferment in the or naturally vibrate in the in the brains and and souls of our kids or have we deliberately untaught them that in other words have we deliberately taught them America American allies bad enemy good, no matter what, no matter who. Because you're right, David, um, when, you, when, when you do look at these marches now, and they're becoming more and more vocal in support of Hamas. You know, there was a semaphore to it early on, you know, from the river to the sea. Now it's, it's becoming much more, much more direct, much more, um, uh, much more explicit that uh, they want Hamas to prevail, as it would be much more explicit to say we want bin Laden or al-Qaeda, we view bin Laden or al-Qaeda favorably. And, and so I'm, I'm, just, I'm just wondering if, if this is what happens when you rest on laurels or just assume overused but perhaps underappreciated phrase of Ronald Reagan's that he used in so many of his speeches from the 60s to his retirement is that, you know, uh, freedom isn't passed down in the bloodstream. It has to be educated and taught and fought for, right? That um, otherwise it'll disappear in a generation. People loved saying that. 
But I don't know that they actually took it seriously enough to engage in it and if these are the receipts we're now seeing. You know, when I watched this World War II documentary on Netflix, again, please watch it. Um, you see some of the worst evils known to man or in hi human history. And... Um, you have a hard time grasping, at least until, I suppose, 9-11, people had a hard time grasping that, that humans could treat humans this way based on an ideology or a theory or a distortion or a power quest, avarice. And, um, and we assumed that that, you know, that would never happen again. In fact, the phrase never again was bruited about. Ever since, you know, the discoveries of 1945 and after. And bruited is the right word because it wasn't true. It just wasn't true. And then you hear the stories of what took place on October 7th. And, um, you know, human beings fused to other human beings, right? So that they... I don't want to go into it further. Um... so that the coroners weren't sure what they were looking at. And you have a student, a youth movement primarily, primarily, that can side with the people that did that. And you, and, you, and you begin to understand, okay, this is probably an element of how the 1930s could happen in development and develop. Because you look at that documentary without looking at October 7th, and you wonder, what the hell? How the hell? And now you see it. And it takes me back to something Dana Loesch said somewhere around October 12th. And she said, when people ask how that could have happened, how, how that could have been allowed to have happened back in the 1930s and 1940s, she said, look to our college campuses today. That's how. That's the answer. This is how it happened. Um... Now, the difference between America then and now is vast, vast. There was not self-doubt about America in the 1930s or 1940s the way there is today. That is totally different. There was a patriotism here, and to the degree that there was a movement that didn't want to get involved in Europe, it had nothing to do really, with thinking America was the bad guy here. It just, it, it just didn't have a lot of sympathy for the goings-on over there, and the memories of World War I were still pretty raw and pretty recent. Today's another animal entirely. Today's another animal entirely, where you do have broad swaths of the population who have been taught to think we are the problem. We are not a light unto the nations, but a blight unto the nations, as one scholar put it. And that teaching has made what used to shock us, like, say, the Reverend Jeremiah Wright's Jeremiads 20 years ago, as to getting 
standing ovations today. That's a big shift in 20 years. That's a dramatic shift, which to people like Mr. Bill and myself is the blink of an eye. We remember that stuff like it was yesterday. To David's generation, it's perhaps all brand new. And thus, we need to teach anew, I guess, I guess, and make that history more relevant again. And maybe we knew people from World War II, and that helped, and we don't know people from World War II anymore. Maybe that's it. They're not amongst us anymore. Not too many. All right, we'll be right back. Portions of this show are brought to you by the good people at Y-Refi. They're good people that have an investment available to you that actually helps people. It's a secure investment where you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. You're in control where you can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you like, absolutely no fees, no attack on principal if you ever need your money back. Think of that peace of mind. Now, of course, you get a monthly statement with no surprises. This is a secure collateralized portfolio offered up by Y-Refi. You can check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or call them at 888-YREFI24. You can also visit them. They're based here locally. Offices right on Chauncey Lane in North Phoenix. I've been there any number of times, and when you go, you won't get asked to sign anything, and um, there's certainly uh, no commitments, and uh, all they like doing is talking about what it is that they do, not even a sales pitch. That's what they leave me with the task of YRefi, investyrefi.com. It's not just history and historians, it's journalism too. I have uh, some friends a little older than I, and uh, we talk often about these kinds of changes in culture and changes in in the norms. And we were talking about the media recently. Listen to this. This just in. Percent of journalists who are Republicans today is 3.4%. 3.4%. I mean, that's on a pie chart invisible practically. It was 18% in 2002. So the time that Bill and I were, Mr. Bill and I were thinking about around 9-11 ish, it was about 22, it was about 18%, you know, almost a fifth. Now it's, Three percent, um, and it was a quarter in 1971. It's 25 percent in 1971. So we've known for years that the media was liberal left, but not that liberal left. You had actually major newspapers that were conservative. You had major networks that didn't expose their political biases. To us, that's conservative. If you don't know the, someone's politics today, you assume conservative. You have to assume that because the liberal left, like the great white shark, does nothing other than swim and eat and make baby sharks. i got to take a break, right? I'm Seth Leibson, 602 We'll be right back. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.